Hey, thank you so much for being here for our special simulcast of the Big Time Talker podcast and Zoom into books with our friends from Headline Books and also SpeakerMatch.com, the world's largest online virtual speakers bureau. As in-person meetings start happening again in 2022, speakers and meeting planners can find one another at SpeakerMatch.com. And we find you visiting with Beverly Copen. Her book is It's Your Life, Isn't It?, which is a great title, and Beverly, very accomplished lady. We wanted to talk to her especially this month because it's Women's History Month. And oh. Beverly has uh, a lot of history as an award-winning photographer, an entrepreneur, an author. She's done a little bit of everything, and we're going to get into all of that now. Beverly Copen joins us from Georgia. Hey, Beverly, how you doing? Hi, I'm just fine, Bert. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. I I look at a resume like yours, and I have to tell you, it's pretty darn intimidating. You've done an awful lot, and since it is Women's History Month, you started doing these things at a time when many women didn't work outside the home, and, and I want you to go back in your mind's eye and, and take us back to that, that time in your life when you decided, you know what, I can do a little bit more than maybe what's laid out in front of me and what the impetus to you to do all that was? That's an excellent question. I'm not sure that I had all of that drive and emphasis when I was in my early 20s. However, I, I, do, I do recognize opportunity. And perhaps that's one of the best things that one can do in a time of period of change, like we've been going through for two years, is not to dwell in the past, but to think about what is uncovering in front of me. So when I started my first business, um, when I when my first son was six months old, it was by accident. I didn't have a plan or anything of that nature. I just helped a lady do something with a, a model agency. And she said, I don't want to do this anymore. Do you want the business? And I said, why not? And I gave her a dollar. And so, <laughs> <laughs> a dollar? You got it for a dollar? Yeah, I, you know, that's, a, you know, what you had to do, a, a proper transaction. Right, and, right. and so um, I changed the name to Atlanta Models and Talent. I wanted to be first in the, in the, in the what used to be called the uh, phone book. <laughs> wow, the yeah. phone book. I yeah, remember phone, phone books. Yeah. And so uh, that was part of my thinking. I had never had a business class or anything of that nature, but I did graduate in journalism. So I knew how to write. And I knew how to write stories and I knew how to get visibility and publicity for a brand new business. And so, so that's part of how I started. And within um, two years, it was the uh, largest talent agency between New York and Miami. And um, I, I stayed with it for 15 years. Uh, the last five, I owned it, but didn't operate it. And, and um, two years ago, it, the Atlanta Models and Talent celebrated it's 60th, 60, 60th anniversary. That's amazing. What an incredible story. And, and you started it all with a dollar. Mm -hmm. um, you're a very positive lady. We've, we've had conversations before, but, but I, I wonder if you got the side eye from men in that day, businessmen, you know, who is this lady? And she's so uppity and, and all that. And if you did get that side eye, how you dealt with it as a young businesswoman in the South in a time when there probably were not a whole lot of you out there. I don't think I ever got the side eye because I always maintained my Southern um, dignity. 
Um, it was never confrontational. It was always gentle. Um, but I knew that when I called on someone, if it was a sort of a cold call to tell my story, whatever the story was, I knew that I had to make sense within the first um, 60 seconds, or I was going to be ushered out within the next 10 minutes. Right. And so um, I always started a meeting with a front end contract. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do today. And if you like what I'm talking about, I'm going to ask you to participate. You, you talked about that journalism background. You went to college for journalism. And I have always said, I always tell my son this, that if, if you're a great communicator, including the written word, if you can write well, that'll serve you in anything that you do. And clearly you've been very successful, but I wonder how much of, of the foundation of that success might point back to the fact that you had those journalism classes and you're a good writer. I only had journalism for one year because I had already gone to Rollins College in Winter Park, Florida for two years, but they didn't have journalism. And so I went and finished in one year up at University of Georgia. Wow. And uh, the skills that I learned, the techniques, the strategies, I used all the rest of my life in every business that I've ever been in. I, I, I carried those forward. In fact, the, the journalism school just did a profile on me because I had told them that story that how I've always used those skills all of my life. Beverly Copen is our guest today on Zoom into Book. She's an award-winning photographer, an entrepreneur, uh, an author. It's Your Life Isn't It is the book. It's available now everywhere. There's even a, a Spanish language translation out there. Um, you're pretty excited about that. And, and you are, uh, uh, before we dive into the, the, the real meaty stuff I want to get to, I have to ask you about this, this global travel that you've done. You've, you've been everywhere and you've lived in some pretty amazing places. So, so give us maybe the top three places that you visited on this planet. Oh, that, Can you narrow it down? Yeah, oh, if it would be either for work or for, for pleasure, but I'll start with work. The first would be something, would be India. I've been to India three times and it's an incredible country, but you have to prepare for it. You have to prepare a long time for going. No, no what do you mean when you say you have to prepare to go? You have to understand the poverty and you have to understand the way of doing business. And so um, it's important that you do understand those things before you go before an audience and expect them to um, trust you. Okay, so India's tops on the list, what else? Um, um, it would be uh, Japan, because I lived there three years. And part of that was learning the culture, learning the language. And then two years later, after I was back home, um, being asked to come back to do a, an entrepreneurship program. And at the end of that program, being asked by the, a person in the audience, if I would consider writing a book for the Japanese market, um, and they would publish it. And so um, if, you, if you know, if, if you create a, a trust bond with the audience, whether it's one person or, or a big bunch of people, um, then they're going to listen to what you have to say. You have to understand where they're coming from. And so that, that is something that I believe in strongly. And then another one would be uh, the last, the third, you asked for three, it would be New Zealand because I had to stop all of my travel when my, my late husband was so ill, which, derailed my, my path, you know, dramatically uh, after three years of, of his, of his uh, loss of both legs. Um, and I took 
having a, an overseas um, um, engagement of training or education or whatever, I took it off my list because it was painful to leave it on there knowing I could not do that. However, sure. um, just a few weeks after he passed away, I received a letter in the mail from New Zealand saying they had heard about me, oh, I have no idea. In and New Zealand, they heard about you? In New them? Zealand, yes, yes. And they wanted me to uh, come over and, and create a program for entrepreneurial women in New Zealand. And so I, I did, I did. It was very successful. Wow, Beverly Copeland is our guest today. And she's done a little bit of everything in her life, including traveling all over the world, uh, living and working in Japan, uh, India, Japan, and New Zealand, three very different places. But I wonder, because you have a global perspective, a lot of people don't have Beverly, are there more similarities, more things that, that bring us all together than push us apart? Yes, absolutely. And I guess if there's any one thing that oh, I think, if I may, uh, many Americans do not do when they go over to other countries is to listen. They're coming over for a purpose if it's work oriented and they know what they want to say and they know who they want to say it to. But in, in, in all three of those cultures, if you don't listen to the answers and give, if you give the person who's speaking, who lives there, if you don't give them as much time as they need to talk to you and tell them their thoughts and process, then um, you're going to go away as one unhappy business person coming right. back to the United States. It's the ability to ask questions and listen to the answers. And, and that's, that's journalism. That's journalism. <laughs> that is journalism, right? That's exactly yes. right. <laughs> then you ask the tough questions. Um, and, and that's what we're doing with Beverly Copeland today. The book is It's Your Life, Isn't It? She joins us from her home in Georgia. And um, I, I wanted to ask you about this new book um, because it's got a pretty unique backstory and it's got a, maybe my favorite title uh, of, of the last couple of years. Give me the elevator pitch on that book. It's a book that helps people to um, relook at their life. Uh, if they are extremely happy with where they are now and what they're doing, then look at the book and, and give it to someone you love who's having a tough time. But uh, most people are open for or understanding how to take control, how to manage change, change when it's outside of your control, like the pandemic, uh, or like many things in life, when your spouse is ill, many things are outside of our control. And this book, the whole theme of it, the whole concept of it, is it how to manage your life when things that you want and do and did are outside of your control. I speak it from authority. I have gone through it with my, that, with my late husband. And I felt like nothing was in my control. And I had to learn how to deal with it and how to manage it. You know, the, the tough thing, Beverly, that I think a lot of folks, myself included, uh, the tough time they have with, with motivational speakers or personal development folks mm -hmm. is that it's all very pie in the sky. And it's all, if things are always going to go your way and have a positive attitude, and, and they give you those platitudes, but in every life, a little rain is going to fall. And you've dealt with some pretty tough stuff. So I wonder if you could, for folks who are listening and watching, give us an idea of, of how you have overcome some of those obstacles along the way. A couple of very meaty things that maybe they could take away from this conversation and they could find in the book. 
I, I will be glad to. I, I think the first thing I want to say is that the book, I hope, will inspire individuals, but more importantly, in every single chapter after the first two, which is the backstory, right. um, it's about strategies. How do I do what you just suggested I do? A whole chapter on goal setting for different ages in life. Um, whether you're in your 20s or 30s or 50s or 70s, whatever the age, it's a separate chapter, a separate part for how do I manage that? What do I look for? How do I do that? And so every single chapter, whether it's about success or whether it's about entrepreneurship and how to build a business, which is also in there, um, it's about the strategies of who do I go to, how do I do it, and where can I get help? Beverly Copeland is our guest today. It's Your Life Isn't It is the book. And Beverly is also an award-winning photographer. If you're watching right now online mm -hmm. uh, or you're catching the Zoom Into Books YouTube channel, you can see some of her incredible photographs on the wall there as well. And you can also <laughs> uh, see some of those photographs on the cover of, of uh, Beverly's books. Mm -hmm. So you talk about uh, how it's different depending on the season of your life mm -hmm. in the book. But something you've done in this book that I don't think I've ever seen anywhere else is you get very granular in breaking down your advice, depending kind of on, on how old you are, because it's a whole different thing when you're 25 trying to figure something out than when you're 75. Mm -hmm. You're exactly right. And um, that's why I break it down into different categories. The first part of your life when you're setting realistic goals, the second, when do you change? You change when something happens, whether it's a, um, a death of a loved one or whether it's a, uh, some time when your business fails, anytime there's a dramatic change, it's time to relook at what's important to you and how do I get out of this mess? For you, you talked about um, the death of your husband and, and his long illness. Would that be the toughest obstacle you ever overcame? Oh, yes. I was, I was a career person, married to, to uh, Michael Kiefman, and um, three years... For 10 years, three years before he died, I was building a major business that was right on target. I knew it was right on target relating to women in business. And I had spent two years and had investors, had everything and ready to launch the business when uh, he was about to lose his second leg. And I realized at that point, um, can I actually do this or not? And so part of what's in the book is about choice. Every person in life has choices every day, whether, um, they, whether they decide to be positive or angry or whatever. The attitude that somebody has is how they deal with things that upset them. And so that's why in the transition for different ages, it's not really about age. It's what are you going through right now? And what is it you would like to do better? Or what is it you would like to do more of? Or what is it you want to stop doing and move forward and reinvent yourself once again? I have reinvented myself several times with the death of my, my husband, with moving to Japan for three years where I knew no one spoke, did not speak the language and knew no support system. And so I re reinvented myself again and got into it by learning the culture, learning the language, and learn about where I was. And it turned out to be an extraordinary adventure. I love the, the, uh, the, the concept of listening. When you get there, you got to listen to figure things out. Mm -hmm. um, we're listening to Beverly Copen today, the author of It's Your Life, Isn't It? It is Women's History Month every March here in the United States. And that began as sort of a grassroots 
uh, effort back in the 80s, I remember, um, by women because they felt somewhat invisible. The women's accomplishments, you know, were not a big deal in the history books. It's Abraham Lincoln did this and George Washington did that and JFK did this. Um, are we making any progress there in, in recognizing the amazing contributions of women? Of course, we, of course we are, because we have so many powerful, extraordinary women who are in organizations now that they're sharing their own stories with one another. They're understanding strategies, how to get on boards, how to do this, how to do that. And so um, there's a huge amount of, of, of women who are accomplished and they're always mentoring now younger women. And that is a critical thing. I'm now mentoring a young student over at the Berry College because um, she's a writer and she wants to do it. And she's 23 years old. And so um, when we discovered one another, uh, she said, oh, I would love to have you as a mentor. And so the older, the older we are, whatever that is, whether it's age 40 or 60 or 80, uh, we're, lo we're looking for ways to reach out and help someone younger, someone else. I know you must have run into the glass ceiling as you were starting off in, in business. Um, and I want to know how you got through it because so you say, no, you did not run into the glass ceiling. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Because I wasn't working in a corporation. You work for yourself. Yes. Is that I, the key? I, I, you yes, think for, was, for women to have yes. women own businesses and to, you know, zig rather than zag and instead of butting up against it to go out on their own? Yes, but I even in one of the chapters, it's on entrepreneurship and it's how to go to the company you work for if you see an opportunity within that business and talk to them about creating a separate little um, side business within the company and let me or let the person run it. And so building a business within a business is also a very good way to move ahead for women. Beverly Copen, our guest today, she's an author and award-winning photographer clearly has that entrepreneurial spirit. And uh, if you'd like to find out more about her, Beverly Copen, C-O-P-E-N, beverlycopen.com is the uh, website. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can pick up the book there in English and now in Spanish, which is pretty <laughs> darn cool. Uh, how many languages do you speak, by the way? I can communicate in Spanish. I can do, I used to be able to communicate less than Spanish in Japanese. But I always try to learn a few sentences or the phrases of wherever I'm going so I can communicate basic, where does the bathroom kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was going for, oh, she's very respectful. She's very practical, too. Though. I love it. I love it. Women's History Month is March in the United States. Beverly Copen is talking with us today. Um, so I asked you about obstacles mm -hmm. and, and giving some advice on how to overcome those obstacles. Um, I wonder also if, if, you know, sort of in the beginning, if, if you would narrow it down to, to one or two, uh, you know, attributes that you think help set you on your journey. Oh, wow. Um, I think that the ability to ask why not um, is one of the key things that I have always done. It's not why, but why not? And now tell it, me about that a little bit, because you, I, I'm, I'm not familiar with many people that ask why not. It's always why. So yeah. give me that twist for you. Okay, we can't do this because X, Y, Z uh, piece of information. Why not? Not a, why not? You know, it's a gentility, it, whether it's a female or whether it's a man, why not? And then be sh stop talking. 
stop talking and wait for the person to think it through. And so that would be one piece of advice. And the other piece of advice for women particularly is uh, in asking for the order. Whatever it is they're doing, whether it's within a company, whether it's for their somebody they love, it's asking for the order because um, a lot of women feel very uncomfortable in, in doing that. I, I did sales training all around the United States and Canada and overseas. And I know that that is to be a fact that there's a great deal of... Um, southern upbringing or upbringing that you don't really know how to ask for the order and if somebody says no or not now or whatever you accept that um, and that's part of what I was bringing out and it's in this book as well under the chapter on selling whether it's selling your idea whether it's selling a product or a service it's how do you what are the steps involved in asking for the order and what do you do and how do you do it and when do you do it what do you think Beverly uh sales is is such a, a dirty word for so many people i i've uh, down through the years you know in, in owning businesses owning radio stations people would rather give their eye teeth than be in sales and I, i've never understood that but it is it's a thing it's almost a phobia people don't want to sell well that's their loss um <laughs> but selling you. selling is is, is asking is trying to explain your ideas whatever you're doing you're still selling, you're selling an idea, you're selling a concept, I'm selling multiplicity of my books, um, um, and, and everything in life, if you want to get more of whatever it is, you have to sell your idea and ask for the order. And, and I think great salespeople, and I wonder if you would agree with this, are really problem solvers for the other person, you know, for other businesses. Yes, you absolutely hit on two words, in addition to why not, uh, I have always been accused of being a problem solver. It's not a problem. It's, if I hear it, I see it as an opportunity or a problem to solve. That's how I've created every one of my businesses. You, you talked about the modeling agency, which just celebrated its 60th anniversary, 60 mm -hmm. years. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about your other businesses. Um, well, I, I became, when I became very um, um, well-known in... Um, my circle in, in um, Atlanta, Georgia, um, because of some things that I was doing that other people weren't doing. And so um, I started a one-day course on, on, for saleswomen. And it, it, I, it was like a six-week course. And I said, this is great. They're loving it. But I can't do that. It's not economically feasible. So I created a one-day um, program called Today's Saleswoman, which happens to be the name of my first book right. that Curtis Hall published. Um, and um, it, it was, I got invited to do it in Chicago um, by, sponsored by an organization. And there were 65 women that showed up and one man. And I went up to the man beforehand. I said, um, why are you here? <laughs> and, <laughs> security, security. <laughs> And he said, I've never seen a program for women in sales before. I wanted to say neither have I because I haven't done it. Um, and so, but I didn't. I said, he said, I'll probably leave it at, at lunchtime. So thank you for coming. And so he did not leave. He stayed all day. The interaction was incredible. The next day, they called me from Dartnell Institute of Management in Chicago and said, would I consider doing that, this program all over the country and Canada for them? And so that's how one business started because um, I, I was doing things that other people weren't doing. 
how. And that's how you get the publicity. That's because you're doing something and people want to know, how did you do that? That's right. And so for three years, I traveled all around the United States and North America, actually, and Canada, um, several times spring and several times in the fall. And because of that, I started taping my programs. And that's how the book came to be. Books fall into my lap because I'm doing stuff that other people haven't been doing. And it's amazing. If, um, Beverly, if, if folks work in a job or a career that maybe they're not passionate about, mm -hmm. should they make a change? You know, and, and I'll tell you why I'm asking that question. Your book is, it's your life, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And you mm -hmm. kind of have to, to steer your own ship. No one else is going to steer it for you. And, and, and I've always thought, gosh, I wouldn't want to be that, that man or in your case, woman who wakes up, uh, you know, towards the end of their life and goes, I should have done something different. So if you're in a, a place, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a personal relationship that, that is not optimal, should you make that change? Um, the answer is part of the chapter on setting goals and a chapter on success. What is success to you? Is about the values that you appreciate in life. And part of what is their actual worksheets where you can um, decide what's important to you and what is not important to you. And you come to your own decision because you're writing down, I believe in writing down everything and you're analyzing in the process, the things that come to your mind that I really love doing that, but I really don't like doing X, Y, and Z. Right. And so you, you can create your own path by answering the own, your own questions honestly. And that's really part of the, the power of this book is it's giving people uh, permission to do what they want to do by analyzing what's important to them. And I've always believed that what you focus on expands. So if you focus on your passions, mm -hmm. like you have, they can become part of your career. And, and now look, you, those photographs are, you know, they've been displayed in galleries and you won awards for them, but that started just as a fun thing for you, right? You just like to take pictures. Well, that's how it started. Yes, I was in Japan and loved taking pictures with a point and shoot. But I realized part of what my photography was all about was um, how people live, how people work, how people play. It's all about culture. And so I was able to capture that. And then that became a book. And that's part of what I, I, I have had exhibits in many different places in, in, in Arizona and in, in Georgia. And uh, part of my book, part of my book, It's Your Life, Isn't It, has 20 of my photographs in it. Um, so it's quite a beautiful book in addition to being extraordinarily practical. But um, I have, I have um, created a book just for middle school age kids using my photography and my writing called your eyes are your windows to the world. And um, it's for middle school age kids and helping them to understand how people live around the world and how to get forward with the same concepts that are in this book. I reached out to young people. So what do you, what do you learn from your uh, photography subjects? You know, you I learned about it being a window to the soul, but, but what do you learn from them? I'll give you one example. The way it all started was, um, I created um, a, um, a, a power, some PowerPoint, some big uh, exhibits for a middle for a middle school uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, okay. and we're using the same things: how people live, how people work, how people play. Of my photographs, 
then I had a, a contest with the school and the, the students there. They had about a thousand students and 400 of them came to the library. And what they had to do was tell me what did they like and why. That this is middle school age kids. 400 people answered that question. And I learned so much. I learned that they loved the pictures of doorways and going the idea of the, the fear factor of taking a risk and walking through a door that, where they didn't know it was on the other side. And so that, and they opened up a whole other thing on explaining risk, why, what things are scary to you. And so each time I've had a photography exhibit with young people, uh, I, I learned so much about where their mindset is. And then that translate into how do I fix that? How do I help fix that? So there's a whole chapter on risk. It's, it's so interesting that, that, you know, you come back again to listening again and how that surprised you, that, that answer surprised you. I would never have thought that a middle school, you, you would get a whole bunch of middle school kids who would, you know, key in on the doorway and, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the fear of change. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's Women's History Month all through March. And we have had the extraordinary pleasure to visit with author, entrepreneur, award-winning photographer, and my pal from Atlanta, Georgia, Beverly Copen. Uh, the website again is beverlycopen.com. One more question, if I may, for somebody like you, who's done so much in their life, what's left to do? What do you still want to get accomplished? Oh, it's just the beginning. <laughs> I'm in a new place. And, and next week, I'm going to have a photography presentation here where I live and help all of the people in the residence that want help with their photography. We will help the walk around with them and help them and create some plans for them. So um, it's just opening your eyes and uh, the power of observation, looking around you, not just looking down at where you're walking. It's the power of observation and seeing what isn't there. You need to see what isn't there in order to find what you're looking for. Beverly, I don't want you to get too puffed up, but this may be the most inspirational 30 minutes I've spent in a long time. <laughs> I love the conversation. Loved having you on the show today. Beverly Copen, our guest, Pick up It's Your Life, Isn't It, in English or Spanish. And uh, you can do that at Amazon.com, wherever books are sold. And uh, check out her award-winning photography and, and find out lots more at BeverlyCopen.com. Beverly, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me, Burke. And, and thanks to our pals at the Zoom into Books, too, Headline Books. We love those guys. Yes, thank you so much. It's our pleasure. And wherever you are, whatever you're doing today, we appreciate you being here. Thanks to our show sponsor, SpeakerMatch.com. For my guest, Beverly Copen, this is Burke Allen. Thanks for joining us. Now go out and make it a great day. Bye, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.